One, three, one, two, three. <laughs> Y'all ready? One, 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 one. Ready? It's going in and out. You got to go impact one. No, that sounds good. Impact one, impact one, impact one. It's good? Yeah. All right. Ready? Ready. All right. All right. Episode 300, The Rant. Dedicated to the one that impacted all of us in memory of Jomani Wright, a conversation with Impact One. Andre Brown and Jarrell Harris have done so much with JoJo. He would probably say the same thing about them. In this 300th milestone of an episode, we chop it up with both of them and talk of our collective experiences with JoJo, what his absence means to all of us, our fondest memories, and how his presence will always be there with us. All that and more, my conversation with Impact One, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for the Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the Irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with two super special guests. Uh, man, both of them are alumni of The Rant. Mm-hmm. One from uh, last year around this time, maybe about 13 months ago, um, from episode 133 fame and somebody who just recently popped up, episode 289. Now we're in the 300s. I can't believe it, but two young men that I deeply respect. I, I respect the movement that you guys are doing. Co-founders of Impact One, a basketball initiative, training, coaching, consulting, just talking about philosophical things that deeply believe in. Mr. Andre Brown, Jarrell Harris. Impact One, Impact One. Impact One. What's up, y'all? Impact One. Mr. how you feeling? I'm good, man. It was my birthday yesterday, and I know always, and I'm always inextricably linked, it's always Paul Millsap's birthday. (laughs) I always know that my birthday and his birthday is always the same day, man. So happy birthday to your man. Happy birthday to you as well, Thank you, man. But today we're, we're taping this on you don't February. Look no younger, it's crazy. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys see my high school pictures, then you'll be like, "All right, he's 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 definitely aged." But um, you know, February 11th also was a special day because I lost my mom ten years ago today, and I think that's what we should center uh, the things that we're talking about. I know that we spoke about things of you know how the pandemic has. I haven't really caught up with Andre about the things that have been going on. But first and foremost, I just want to talk about Jojo Wright, somebody that has meant so much to just the community of Uniondale, something that, you know, I grew up with. I never got a chance to to don the stripes of 
of the Knights. I know Andre played. Just talk about, you know, that young man. I just want to give you guys the opportunity to speak about, you know, JoJo Wright. <clears throat> yeah, you can go first. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Texas. Go ahead. Definitely a huge, huge, huge impact. It was um it was great to see the the turnout more so than anything. Someone that wasn't here for a long time but had a great impact. Really radiated the radiating energy that he brought to, you know, just life itself. Yeah. I'm so thankful just to have been in the presence of him in, in my short span. <sighs> it's it's one of those things that's tough to process, honestly, just wrapping your mind around it. I remember the, the day of it, it actually happening and uh, I'm like, dang, where's Dre? Like, let me let me go. Let me go run to him just because I know what type of relationship that they had, yeah. you know, uh, more so than anything. And then it's like. No soon after that. I mean, we, we took our time grieving personally, but it was just like, uh, it's like, dang, if we feel like this, we know that our guys feel something similar, you know, in processing this whole traumatic event. It immediately turned to, okay, what can we do in order to not only help ourselves process this, but help other people process it, right? So it was like, okay, we we have to, take this this heaviness this this darkness and 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 just curb it man and and turn it into something positive as as we possibly can it's not denying the feelings that you have it's it's really just kind of embracing them and letting yourself know that it's okay to be human in that sense and know that you know the magnitude of this person's life that of you know happened over the span of 15 years is something that's real and letting it fuel you to do something better you know, mm. because he 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 did some amazing things in in his short span and and would have done more for sure. I know, and that's that's something that we um that we just kind of kind of tried to gravitate towards and um and do ourselves, man. Just um uh the next day we um we had a roundtable talk with about eighteen of our um people that that train with Impact One and um were close to JoJo and just gave them a chance to be kind of open and authentic and really get some of that stuff out. A lot of their first times dealing with traumatic experiences, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, um, that that's tough. And, and for it to hit this close to home for them, it's like it resonates a little different for, with them. So that's where we kind of just, um, that's what we, we, we were pushing towards to do. It's been tough, man, honestly. Yeah. It's just a tough week. I know. I mean, uh, a couple of days right after that, Andre's grandmother passed right after that. So it was just like, you know, two funerals in one week. It's just like, it, it really tests you as a person, honestly. And more so than anything, it, you got to be thankful for the uh, the people that you have around you that can really kind of ground you and, um, you know, let you know why you're doing certain things. Um, they give you that purpose that you that you really have to lean on and lean into um, in in these moments that are tough. Yeah, listen, traumatic indeed. Um, I think about just and and we'll get to Dre in a second. Just that whole juxtaposition of just you losing your grandmother and then somebody so young, right? Somebody that you've had so long and somebody that has made such a short no pun intended impact on your life. I could even just talk about the time of of when I ref JoJo and. I remember during the timeout, I asked the other ref, I'm like, yo, what's up with this kid? He's so calm. You know what I mean? Like, what's what's up with him? And he was like, yeah, he's uh, he's only in eighth grade. I'm like, you sure? 
Yeah. So I had I had a check. I was like, yo, Coach D, what's up with him? He's like, yeah, he goes to Turtle Hook. I'm like, what the? <laughs> and, and you could just think about how calm he was in that moment. And oftentimes when I'm refereeing, not like in the moment when I'm when I'm making calls, but just more so like I try to put myself into, you know, my eighth grade self of like how immature I was, how I wanted to play Genesis, how I wasn't. A, this kid was a leader. Mm-hmm. You could tell. And you know, one thing I know about Jojo, even though I didn't know him well, I'll say that people appreciated him in real time. Mm-hmm. And that's such a great thing that everyone always felt. I felt that. I felt what he was doing in the community. You could tell that by the time he was like in 10th grade or 11th grade, that he was, he was already special, mm-hmm. right? So we already knew he was going to go further. He already seemed like he was on a different path. He knew that he was going to go very far. And then just thinking about Front Street. I mean, I, I, Dre, you could probably relate to I've driven this street back and forth basically all my life. I've never thought of it as a, a, a thing where something tragic like that would happen, only because it's, it's one way. You know, rarely... Is there, it's always start and stop. You, you already know the beats. Like right before McDonald's, you know, like if you don't catch that light, you're stuck. You're stuck for a hot minute. And you're like, damn, I should have cut on New Jersey Avenue. Like you just know these beats. And just to think that it was someplace so close and to always know that I'm going to drive past that and always have that as a reminder of like, you know, be safe, be present in those moments. So in a way, it's a good thing, but also it's just a very tragic thing to lose. You know, somebody so gifted, somebody that's touched somebody so much. Dre, I want to give you the opportunity to just talk about, you know, your relationship and, and how much he means to you. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jojo, man, that's 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 not a, a client, man. That's my brother. Like, that's my little brother. Like, this kid was a kid that impacted my decision to move back to New York in the first place, you know. Um, Texas can tell you I spent countless days up late at night based on this kid, not just because I want him to be successful in basketball. That's something that was already evident because I wanted to shape him to being the kid that ultimately everybody's talking about that impacted people, him always being a great human being and always having that chip on his shoulder to be a leader, you know, cause sometimes being a leader, you have that in you, but you don't know how to do it sometimes, yeah. you know, and that's a conversation we had all the time. And sometimes because he was such a kid still, and he was so emotional and he loved so hard, he displaced and put his, his emotions in the wrong places and reacted the wrong way sometimes. But for me, being his big brother and being his leader and being a person that he looks to as a superhero, I had to make sure that he always put that stuff in the right place and did it with the right intentions and always was pure with his decisions, you know. And it's funny because I remember one night me and Texas went to his house at like 11, 12 at night just to talk to him because he was having one of those moments where he he he's trying to get something his point across but didn't know how to convey it. And me being the brother that I am, I couldn't sleep because I, I had to make sure he know he knows and understands how to do that going forward. Not for just for, for our conversation, but as a person that needs to do it for others. Right. You know what I mean? So many people look to him. And, and that's something we talked about all the time is how he had the younger kids and the kids his age and even older kids look at him. You know, and, and I think organizations like the Nets and Long Island Nets, because they embraced him as if he was me. You know, I had a strong relationship with the Nets and players on the Nets and the organization and the GMs and... When I brought Jojo around, they loved him just like they were like he was me. And it shows testaments to what they did after his passing and giving him a jersey and things like that because of the love they developed for him. Because not because he was with me, but because he showed his own character and his own presence based on following the right things, man. And for me, it, it hurt so much not only to lose him, but because I know all the energy and soul that not only that I put in him, Tex put in him and that he was putting into the world. You know? And like Tex said, Immediately, you know, I was I was broken. I was 
I don't even know how to explain the words that I, I felt in that moment. Um, but the first thing that popped into my head was the rest of the kids. Because if I feel like this, imagine a 12-year-old that you never even seen a bug get killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, it went straight into protecting mode. We got to figure out how to protect the rest of these kids and, and, and do what we do best, which is open up their minds to understanding their feelings, emotions, how to let it out and still be able to, to move on the next day in order to be themselves. And how do we take this and motivate ourselves to do better and be better? You know, and that's kind of what it turned into. And then my grandma passed away. And, and for me, to be honest, you know, this is going to sound a little strange, but I'm no stranger to losing people. Mm. You know, as, as a four-year-old kid, I lost my dad in front of me, you know, as a, as a child. Um, I lost another close friend of mine to a battle of cancer, and I'm sitting at the, on the, at the edge of his bed. You know, so this this is has something I'm, I'm familiar with. And God put me through these battles for a reason, you know, to be able to talk, to help others that, that may go through it, you know. And I'm going to deal with the emotional situation at the time, but I'm always going to be the same person that's going to be the shoulder that someone else can cry on and lean on, you know. A couple of friends of mine, you know, they always mention me as a superhero for so many people, you know. And they always ask me, like, when you're a superhero, who's a superhero for you? You know, and, and for me, it's, it's God. Or first and foremost, he's always going to be my superhero. And then I have people like Tex I can lean on. When I'm, when I'm caught up in my own emotions, I have a best friend that's, that's going to be right there to, to, to talk to me and make sure I'm grounded. And even in his emotions, he's going to put him aside to be a superhero for me and vice versa, you know. So that's kind of what Impact One's all about. You know, in situations like these allows us to always be re- reminded why we do what we do. You know, I chased basketball for a long time to be successful as a player until I realized my life purpose was to do this. You know, and being here in this moment and, and feeling the way I feel and, and, and losing a little brother, a friend, a teacher, because that kid told me a lot, too, you know. So in that moment and all, all these things that I've been through in my life, it, it kind of helped me be able to be the superhero that I am. You know, my cape is made up of all the things that I learned through the process of, of living life. You know what I mean? That's amazing that you embrace death. First of all, just with your your grandmother, sorry for your loss. Um, I, did, I never even met any of my grandparents. My my father's dad died in World War II while he was in the womb. His mom died when he was 12. My mom's mom died when she was 30. And her dad died when I was three years old. So I never met any of them. So I always you know, gravitate towards people that have had that relationship with their grandmother. But, you know, it's so true how you were saying that, you know, you are Superman because, you know, we talked about this on our podcast when it got real, when you were talking about, uh, you know, Melissa dying. Um, those are things that are very difficult to speak to, especially when you're at a very young age, right? So as you've witnessed that, I know that the first real brush of death for me was when my mom died and it was the day after I turned 30, you know? So I can't even imagine, and I always think about this, what if I lost my mom when I was 15 years old? Interesting that I say it that way, right? Because as 15, we're not mature enough to even handle our own emotions internally when there's good things that are happening. You don't even know how to act. So think about a bad thing. So that's why I think it's so important to have, you know, groups like Impact One to be able to speak to them. What was, if your recollection, what was your recollection of those moments of talking to those 15 young men um, about moving forward and honoring his life and just still being motivated and still having that battery on their back to continue the mission. So <clears throat> going into the, to the, the meeting man, the round table talk, um, the, the first thing was to let them know, yo, it's okay. Whatever you're feeling right now, it's okay. If you want to cry, we all gonna cry together. Like it's okay. This is not far fetched to feel the way you feel. Don't feel ashamed to be sad. Don't be feel ashamed to be confused. But what we are going to do is we're going to talk. We're going to speak on our true emotions. Whatever right. you are feeling in this moment, speak that. 
don't be afraid to just talk and let us know. Like the first thing we did, the first exercise we did was we went around the room and we, we said, speak on the emotion that's in your mind right now. Don't overthink it. Whatever you're feeling at the moment right now, speak on that. And it's funny because every single kid in the room said nothing. I have nothing to say until the one 12-year-old in the room, his name is Orlando, was the first person to speak. And it's funny because we got 18-year-olds in here, 17, 16, 15. And I'm like, I looked at the text like, this 12-year-old is the first one to speak? Mm. And he had a lot to say, you know? And, and it was, it was, it was so, so funny that he broke the ice. And immediately after he spoke, Juice spoke, another 12-year-old. So our two 12-year-olds are the leaders of the group in, in the sense of being able to speak on their emotions first. And I wasn't surprised because these are also the two same 12-year-olds that we have the deepest conversations with. Mm-hmm. These are the same two 12-year-olds we, we do book clubs with. Same two 12-year-olds we have countless exercises of mental exercises. So I wasn't surprised when right. they did it. Because it's normal those have conversations because you have those conversations on the regular with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We have group chats with these, with these two, two 12-year-olds and we talk about books. We talk about... Um, you know, for example, an exercise that we do is we'll send them a quote or we'll send them a saying or we'll send them a movie and they got to tell us the, the, the reason why the movie had an impact or, or what was the message in the movie or what does this quote mean to you? Break it down in your words and your understanding. And we have exercise like that with these two 12-year-olds. So it didn't surprise me because that's the dialogue we have consistently. It, but it surprised me to see them do it in grieving. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they, they reverted right to the knowledge that they're building mm. through grieving. And it's also funny because these are the same two 12-year-olds that are right under JoJo. Yep. His, you know, these are his two protégés, his two, you know, young guys. So it's, it, it didn't surprise me, but it also did surprise me at the same time. But the, the main basis of the conversation was to let them know that, you know, being open to the emotion you're feeling right now is never wrong. To not understand it is never wrong. But to lean on the people that also don't understand kind of helps you get the understanding. Right. You know what I mean? So and that's kind of what we what we placed in that in that room and gave them that opportunity in that, that situation, man. And it was, it was honestly the energy in that room was amazing. And it's so funny because... Last point, after throughout the conversation, everything got good. We're all talking, you know, everything's going on. But the, the energy was never still high as far as laughter and jokes. Jared Dingle walked in the room and instantly, instantly, laughter, jokes, everything just changed as far as it being just conversational and, and emotional and, and, and downness. It changed to a light in the room and it, it sparked everything. And it was so funny because I tapped text. I said, look at this. Look who was the... F- the person that brought the energy. Mm. And normally in workouts, in everything we do, Jared's the least energetic. <laughs> That's true. That's a fact. He he's he's the most calmest. Yeah. So I said, man, yeah. it's, it's so funny that in this particular moment, the personality we always search for was actually there. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, all that stuff reminded me of, hey, this is why. This is what this is, what this is about. This is the purpose. This is what made us create this in the first place because – the basketball portion of it is, is, is always awesome. You know, it's, 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 it's evident that this is what we're here and this is what we're doing. But the true meaning and purpose behind every single thing we do is this right here. Yeah. And I had a lady text me today, <clears throat> excuse me, and we were discussing, you know, her son getting training. And she was saying that her son was close to JoJo and he's a, he's a talented kid. And she sent me a message of a screenshot saying, hey, I'm going to talk to my trainer. I really want you to work out with him. JoJo's telling her this about her son. And I'm telling her, oh, for sure. I'm definitely going to work them out now. And she said, that's awesome. But I told her, hey, the basketball portion is not important. The big brother program is actually more important in, in this situation when it comes to Impact One. And she said, actually, she sends me a screenshot. That's actually what we're here for. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, it's funny. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. she's, she's just so she was so excited about the big brother program portion of Impact One that we're about to, you know, emphasize even more so than we did before. Um, but it, it's just awesome, man. And those kids now... 
I, I, like you'll be surprised at, at what's about to happen with these kids and how I see them now and how much impact and improvement they've had on their decision making and things now based on this type of stuff. So all tragedy has a silver lining in, in a sense, man. It's, it's, it's funny to say, it's eerie to say, but God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. And he uses specific things and specific people to wake you up and mm. kind of give you a different message. And it's a matter of what message you take. You got to look a little deep sometimes because some things aren't surface. But if you look, if you look deep enough and you look to the people next to you and you, you search for it, that message is there. Yeah. You know? I'll say in my wizened age, when I thought about what you guys are doing and really tying together the, the mental health and the, the motivation portion of that, that was always like the piece that I was missing as a basketball player. Yeah. I think somebody like Jojo, he only fortifies and identifies for people that don't understand because I've always understood what your mission is and the importance of it. But it's really hard to show that to a kid until unfortunately something like this has to happen. I want to bring it back to you, but Tex, I wanted to drive this home for you. For Jojo, for me, what I've learned uh, just over the years, I had a conversation right when he was born. So the Ravens won the Super Bowl. This was around mm-hmm. 2013. And I remember meeting this. A great this, year for you, huh? Yeah, great year. <laughs> great year. Uh, but Al Chalk, uh, one of my guys, he's he's one of my mentors. Um, I was telling him, you know, I got a newborn. He was like, you know what? Just like you guys do with the, those 12-year-olds. He was like, treat your kid like an adult from day one, no matter what. You'll understand what it is. It's just that everyone places those parameters on people. Mm-hmm. The only difference between your son and him is that you just have experience on him. Now, that's not to say he's not going to be a kid because he will be a kid. Right. But don't ever think that he's not going to understand that. That's what, to me, JoJo was like the, the culmination of something like that. People always treated him like an adult. You could see that he had a burden. You could see it just in his face of of all of the pressure that he had. And he was just trying to navigate it the best way he could. That's what made him a leader. What did you learn from Jojo? Um, in that sense, um, I identify with that, you know, um, being, I feel like my, my parents kind of adopted that similar mentality where it's like, um, trying to find the balance of allowing a person to be, um, be a kid yet at the same time, putting those kind of like adult, responsibilities or values that you're trying to instill that, that you you're going to hold on to for a lifetime, you know, um, Jojo personally, um, he meant a lot, um, in the sense of, um, so my nephew came down, um, he came down and and got a chance to, to play basketball with him. (laughs) (laughs) My nephew, Anthony. Um, And he was feeling himself. Uh, <laughs> of course, you know, you know, kids will be kids, but more so than anything, he, he got a chance to come down and play basketball with Jojo. Um, uh, he, he had heard about him like, you know, Jojo was, uh, I don't even know if he knew the, like kind of the magnitude of his, um, uh, of his impact, you know, uh, as far as that goes, like, but you know, whether it's, you know, Instagram, social media or whatever, you know, it's like, uh. Anthony had heard about him and stuff like this. And he's like, okay, like I want to play this kid. Let me see, like, you know, let me see where I'm at, you know? Um, and I just remember them, you know, going at it, you know, one-on-one and, and, and playing each other and, and stuff like that. And, um, but, um, but right after that, um, more so than anything, it's just like, um, my nephew had, had a car accident as well, you know? So, um, once he heard the news about Jojo, it was like, it was like immediate thing for me just to kind of like check in with him, you know, just having had that traumatic experience himself. And then, um, I mean, 
he he walked away from it uh, um obviously so it's it's a little bit different but just you know checking in with him to to let him know that you know um it is something that's tough to deal with but um it's not something to to internalize or detour you from um um I don't know for lack of better words um it's not something to internalize or to detour you from from the things that you were doing, but it's like with 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 finding a way to turn turmoil into something that is going to be positive for you ultimately. So it's like um, it's funny because I was just listening to um, another guy that we know, uh, Alex McLean, and he was talking about um, you know him. Um, Shout out to Robo. Shout out to Robo. Shane, uh, he was training uh, John Wall, getting him as, as good as John Wall looks right now. Um, he was talking about taking things, and it, it doesn't matter what the outside people are doing or talking about. You know, it's just taking whatever it is. I don't care what it is, whether it's negative or people hating on you or 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 whatever it might be. That is in itself its own thing. It, it has nothing to do with you and who you are as a person. And a lot of times people, people take things and they sink into them and they, and they, it, it begins, it begins to detour them for who, from who they are. So it's like just holding, holding things that are yours and knowing, knowing the difference between the two, if that makes sense. Um, and, and turning them into something positive more so than anything. Um, is something that I was just trying to drive home for him. Honestly. Yeah. Um, that 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 was that was where my mind at least went to. Uh I mean, that's just how my brain operates. It's like sure I'm feeling a certain way and I feel the heaviness and I feel the magnitude of things, but it's like more so than anything, I'm 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 trying to find a way to make the other people feel less less of the impact of it if that makes sense. And that's what makes me feel better as a person. Yeah. Personally. I just think normalizing it, right? Just thinking about how you guys are just laughing and as this guy's phone's going off because he's just a world star, <laughs> international superstar. Um, you know, it's, I think it's just difficult. You know, you think about anytime we, we deal with death, it's always the people that you leave after that you have to really worry about. And that's right. why we all got to kind of take care of ourselves. Um, I'll bring it back to you, Dre. What did you learn from Jojo? The little things matter. Little things matter, man. We over we tend to, and and I brought this up actually in the the round table talk with the kids, man. Um, movie Soul on Disney Plus, great know, movie. For 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 I, weeks leading up to that movie, I called Texas. I called another friend of mine, um, and I was like, "Yo, I gotta <laughs> watch this movie Soul." And I'm screaming, "Like, yeah, you gotta watch Soul. We gotta watch Soul. We gotta watch Soul." And the day of Soul's releasing, we finally at my house. We got snacks, everything. We cut Soul on, and I go to sleep. I don't watch the movie. And it's funny because I did not watch one moment of the movie. I was knocked out of sleep. And it's funny because Tex is telling uh, the friend that's watching it with us, like, yo, the funny part is while he was sleeping, he heard everything. He knows this movie in and out while sleeping. Subconsciously. And they're like, what? Nah, no way. Like, he was knocked, like, snoring, everything. Long story short, I know everything about the movie. I ended up watching it later on, too, but mm. I knew every last detail of that movie. And, and I talked about it afterwards. So during the roundtable talk, 
that movie, I didn't understand why it was so important for me to watch leading up to this movie, mm. why it meant so much to me, why I was calling everybody about this movie. And I don't know why. I still didn't know why until that roundtable talk when I can identify and say, listen, in that movie, the one thing that relates from that movie to JoJo is the little things. We get so caught up in things we want to accomplish <clears throat> and so caught up in the life that we think we have to live and the things we have to do in order to be successful or be looked at or loved that we forget to, to appreciate the small things along the way. Appreciate taking a deep breath outside. Appreciate the leaves that are falling. Appreciate the snow. The things that we think we hate, realistically, we, if they're taken away, we we miss them. Yeah. You know, appreciate telling your mom you love her before you leave the house. Yeah. You know, and, and telling your friends you love them or, or different things like that. All those things that we, we, we don't think we have to do because we think it's going to be there later. Right. It's going to be there later. But realistically, the little things matter the most. And he taught me that because... Every moment in which I got caught up in working, traveling, training, going here, going do this, he reminded me that he was there. He reminded me that he loved me. He reminded me that I mean so much randomly. It could be the most random day and I could be working out of town. I could be in Seattle or somewhere else and, and I'll get a text message. If I post any basketball video, Jojo will remind me, hey, bro, I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. You're a leader here. You're a superhero at home. Or I, I wish I was there. Or I can't get no work yet. <laughs> <laughs> you over here? He definitely, definitely, definitely never, ever, ever let me live a, a workout down if he sure. wasn't there. Damn. Like, no matter who I was training, he's like, I, I couldn't come. I couldn't be a part of that. Like, I couldn't get no work in. But those type of things are the little things that we don't pay attention to when we're goal-driven or when we're so focused on living our lives and doing things and we're moving so fast that we don't we don't care to, to take a look and take a stop, a second to, to appreciate. Shanaysia actually told me that. She told me, hey, celebrate your small wins, too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that meant when she said that, but moments like these remind me, oh, those are the small ones I got to celebrate. And another close friend, uh, best friend of mine, his name's Abe Millsap. You know, when I, um, when I lived in Atlanta, he used to always remind me to block out the noise because I, I'm so busy and I, I, I care so much about everything that I'm quick to gravitate towards anybody that may need me or anything that may need me. But sometimes you got to block out the noise because you got to appreciate what you're in in that space. Mm. That space is just as important as all the spaces you're trying to be in. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that he taught me the most is it's the little things matter so much. The small things matter so much. That moment of just saying, yo, I love you, bro. That moment of just saying, hey, I appreciate you. Or that moment of just taking a deep breath and, and, and acknowledging where you're at is just as important as you trying to get to the next moment or the next spot or the next place. You know what I mean? And yeah. and, and that's the biggest piece. And, and another homie of mine, he told me the other day, like, I wish I could make a clone of you. And I'm la- we're laughing, and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, You're, shout out to AB. who you are, shout out to AB, shout out to AB. <laughs> who you are and what you do for all these kids, for us, for me as a friend, for everybody, you're everywhere. And you do so much for so many people that we need a clone. We need another one of you, exact replica, no twin or nothing. We need another you because of how important you are. And when he said it, I'm laughing. I, I'm like, oh, whatever, but... As you're asking me the question about what JoJo told me and me saying the little things, that's the little things. The appreciation of, of, of everything and not just what I want to do. You know, so that's really what he taught me the most. Yeah. yeah. There were so many great speaking points, I feel like, in that movie. Just like... Um, sure. I found out why the Knicks always lose every year. I didn't, I didn't realize that's why they lose. <laughs> now it makes sense. <laughs> if you didn't no, watch just, it, please go watch it. <laughs> please go watch it. Yeah, a couple times if you can. But... um. Uh, just like the lost souls and uh, just being able to 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 differentiate like, you know, the actions of people um, from who they actually are as people, I think, is, is something that we, we kind of miss out on. It's like um, one of the things that that that's like in our mission statement is to um, uh, 
less in reactive responses, <laughs> right? So sometimes in the midst of a reactive response, you're you're operating from something that is the furthest thing that's from who you are as an actual person. Absolutely. And um, I think that that's something that 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 we kind of miss in in our day to day sometimes. You know, it's like you you're just doing something and you're just reacting, and it's and it, and, it, and it's it's the furthest from who you are as a person. And it's like we we don't want to give that person a pass all the time, you know. Mm. And and I think it's just taking the time out to remember that, um, you know, you're human as well, and you're going to have these types of things happen. And it's like you like I said um, in our last podcast, it's just meeting a person kind of where they at, and um, you know, taking the time out. Me personally, it's it's me taking the time out for another person. So, um, you know, whenever I hit my whatever it is, glass ceiling that I don't know is there, that there's a helping hand to help me, you know, overcome that battle or struggle, the one that I don't see myself, you know. So um, um, I, I think that that's that that was one of the the key points as far as that. And then, you know, um, like you said, purpose. Um, the the little soul that didn't want to live a life and then he gets out into the world and the thing it's the small things it's the little things that that he he gravitates towards that says oh like my purpose is to walk like just walking you know that pizza yeah you know, that pizza, <laughs> pizza. he's like oh my god I'm the best what, pizza what have eater, I been doing you know <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's just it's just a matter of finding you know the happiness within those things within yeah. those small things and um just being grateful and and completely present that we're even here on earth walking another day you know and it's like don't don't get too consumed in your goals that you can't be you know human for another person mm. you know because at the end of the day we all are and that that's something that we can um we can do a better job of i think on a day to day and definitely Always continue to thank God, man, for everything you have. The small things as well. We pray for the big things we want to hit, the home runs we want, the money we want, the job, yeah. this or that. But thank him for, for being able to open your eyes, for yeah. walking, for tasting, for touching, for smelling, for health. You know what I mean? You got to thank God for everything. In the same breath, you ask him for something, thank him. You know what I mean? We can't just run to him during tragedy. We got to run to him in all the moments, man. And when we we tend to let him lead our steps, man, life comes a lot easier, you know, yeah, for sure, for sure. Speaking no, of for speaking sure. of moments, I think about that moment of when I was able to ref him. Um, it was such a something that I always cherish, not because of JoJo and his exploits in that particular game, but man, it was my sixth grade gym teacher that I was refing. I was in my hometown with all these people like, yo, you refing now? And on top of that, they played Oceanside, who at the time, my college roommate was the head coach. So you already know how my head was spinning. First of all, <laughs> Coach D was acting like he didn't know me. Well, he he acted like he knew me, but he was acting like I was a ref at that time. I'm like, bro, you, I mean, I've known you 30 years. Like, why, why are you doing this to me? And then it was also my, my my college roommate. That was probably my best moment, aside from seeing him at the Heat Elite Games and JoJo just doing I'm like, yo, these kids all have the same haircut. What's up with that? But um, I wanted to bring it back to you, Texas. What is your what is your favorite, fondest moment with JoJo? Um... Favors fondest moment with JoJo for sure. Seafood. It's uh, the seafood. You know I'm going to the seafood. So we were actually out for um, doing what we do, running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Uh, we run to Katia's birthday. His sister. Um, I brought my nephew with me. Um, 
we don't even eat. We like pack our food up to go just so we could make it to the gym. But we had to, you know, make an appearance or whatever. So then we run off to the gym and this kid, they're about to, him and my nephew about to play what I want. You know, they talking, they, they doing a little banter or whatever. And uh, <laughs> uh, Jojo eats his whole seafood boil at the table <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeds to try to go play a game of one-on-one and is like wondering why like he had crabs <laughs> he had crabs in the game <laughs> it, yeah. it did you know his body wasn't ready to process that you know uh <laughs> you gotta let your food digest a little bit before you just jump on the court that by far i could literally still see his face like while he's like down in his seat he's sucking down crab legs <laughs> He's eating crab legs. He's eating crab legs. He's rotating the corn on the cob. <laughs> Pause with all of this. I know. I understand what you're saying. But you yeah, know, I can I can still see his face of him in enjoying the seafood. Yeah, I, I, some people are just blessed. Like once I see seafood, it's just gone. <laughs> um, aside from that seafood um, endeavor, what was your fondest favorite moment that you've ever shared with JoJo? Every moment. From the ups to downs, from the crying, from the anything I had with this kid, man, was a special moment. But um, two things stick out, three things stick out in particular. Um, that workout before their championship game at against Baldwin, that workout sticks out to me. And it, it's funny that that's a workout that's everywhere all over the world right now is his understanding of leadership and how much he means to people actually hit home in that workout and in that conversation more so than any other workout. That's one particular thing that sticks out to me. Um, and then another really, really big moment was when um, we went to the Brooklyn Nets game against the Hawks. And it stuck out to me because he <laughs> he continuously told me, man, Trey Young is a he's small, bro. I can take him. Like, I, I really can. And he meant it with his whole soul. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take you to a Brooklyn Nets game against the, Net, against the Hawks. And I want you to see Trey Young live. So you can tell me, you know, if you really believe that. And we sat on the floor and we watched this game, man. And through the whole course of the game, he like, I could do that too. I could do that too. That's all right. I could do that too. The whole game. So he's, he's just not, he's not. He's not budging. He's he not conceptualizing. Going. Okay. <laughs> he didn't bite. One particular play, Trey Young come off a screen and shot it from like half. He said, all right. Now that's the way things. I got to work on that's it. That's things get a little different. <laughs> you know, so. And then after the yeah. game, you know, he met Trey. He had a conversation with Trey. Um, he had a conversation with my homie Alex Charles, Alex Lynn. Um, he had a conversation with Torian Prince, who's a, a close friend of mine from the Nets. And, you know, he, he got to meet all those guys and talk to those guys and actually see how close and how, how obtainable and touchable the NBA is. You know what I mean? Um, and then the funny part is he didn't know this, that we were planning it, but during his championship game, I walk into the game with who? The Nets. Sit courtside with all those guys. And, and for JoJo to see that, like that is real. He's like, oh man, you know what I mean. And after that game, nothing's been the same for him after that because he's seen that the love is there, that the appreciation is there, that he's actually close. And he envisioned that he could get there. These are my friends. Yeah, he talks to he used mm-hmm. to talk to Torian. Like he used to talk to these guys all the time. So he's like, these these are my friends now. These are the people that I'm I'm trying to reach and I can get there. Oh my gosh, it's really it's really there, you know. And then it's attainable. It was it was so crazy that that those moments happened, man. And, and on that train ride, I just remember on the train ride on the way back, like. Once I start pulling from half, I don't want you to mention Trey Young name no more. It's me. It's JoJo Wright. JoJo Wright. I, I can play for the Hawks too once I can hit from half. That's all he talked about. And then after every workout, the last thing I can say that I remember about JoJo is significant. And to this day, I make sure I go get one before I come home every single day. 
is a strawberry lemonade from Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Every single day I was with this kid, he made me stop at Wendy's and get him a strawberry lemonade. So now that's something I do now all the mm. time. I literally, if you go in my room right now, I had to go get it. I had to go get one every that's time I leave the house, man. Every time I leave the gym, that's my routine now, and and that's me just honoring him because I know he used to tell me, "Don't don't think nothing else, bro. You gotta think the strawberry lemonade <laughs> <laughs> always." Man. So that's a testament, but that's something I, I really key remember with that kid, man. I love that kid and blueberry pop tarts. Just I know what I mean when I say blueberry pop tarts. <laughs> icy blueberry pop tarts. Icy. Gotta be icy. So I, I know his legacy will always live on with you guys. And, and you know, they're obviously going to make a portion of Uniondale Avenue within his name. Uh, you will be missed, man. And I'm going to miss, you know, just seeing you grow and eventually realize your dreams. But listen, we lived through him. Um, and, you know, man, we'll live to see another day and, and carry on his mission. Um, let's talk about the, the, the state of how things are now. Academy Charter obviously opted out for the season. You probably would have been working with them. Um just talk about the state of, I guess, basketball now, and then your next move going to to Italy for 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 a hot minute. <laughs> um, the state of basketball, man, it's 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 up in the air. Where everybody's operating off of reacting within the moment rather than planning, because we can't. This is something that we we've never ever seen, and we can't really game plan for. So I feel like everybody's just going off of their emotion or, or what they think is best, but no one's taking the time out to actually see how it works out. You know what I mean? Um, and as far right. as like Academy Charter, they, they, they opted out. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to get into detail of, of how things could have played out. I mean, I, I guess I respect their decision and what they did. Um, but you know, it's, it's just tough because of, of the fear of, of not knowing the fear of wanting things to work out a certain way, but also taking away from these kids, man, it's seniors that, that aren't going to be able to get this year back. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? It's, it's kids that, that banked on this year of basketball and, yep. and yeah, I understand the pandemic and how, you know, how real it is and how it's, it's really affecting people. But to take away when you can allow is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, when you actually can do it now, when you can't do it, it's nothing we can say, nothing we can do. But when you can, and you don't even want to try to find a way to help them out, man. It's tough because these kids deserve that. And it's kids that banked on scholarships and right. opportunities in this moment, you know, and, and we were even trying to do things to help them out and do do things to give them opportunities, but it was hard. It's so hard, you know. So at the end that, of the day, you got to pick your hard, though. You know, absolutely. Because both, both, are, both are more tough. hard. What's more tough? Do I want to battle with, with dealing with these these higher ups and what they got to say? But I want to do it for these kids and put my heart on the line for these kids. Or do I want to just tell these kids it's over? Where you got to deal with what you got to deal with and figure it out. I'd rather yeah. put my my job on the line every time. Squeeze know? first, ask questions every last. Time. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to fight for my kids and, and go to bat for them because that's that's the that's the life task I chose. Yeah. And as teachers, advisors, coaches, whatever it is, our job and duty is to put the best situation out for these children. And yeah, yeah we may think, or we may say, oh, it's a pandemic, so it's the best thing, but is it? If everyone else is doing it and it's, it's working out and it's successful, so the blueprint is there, so are we doing it because of the kids' safety, or are we doing it for our own precautions because we want to do it for our own precautions? Yeah. And that's what it boils down to, you know what I mean? So for me personally, I, it's a tough decision, but now I have to do something I have to do, which is now I have to, I have to head out of town to go you know, uh, go with a, a close friend of mine and a client of mine, um, Malcolm Delaney. He, he called me down and, and invited me down to um, Milan, Italy, to get ready for Euro Euro Cup and, and things like that, and help out and getting prepared and, and getting back in in, in tip top shape. You know, not saying he's not in tip top shape, but you know, he loves working. He's he's a workaholic, so he invited me down, and I got to take the opportunity because it's it's a good look not only for for him but for myself as well because he's opening doors for me 
as well. And now with those doors being open, who knows what could come out of the relationship I can build by being out there with that team and that organization and then with him. You know what I mean? So just looking forward to all the doors that God opens for me, man, and, and, and appreciating what he does and allowing God to lead the way. And, and when God speaks, if you don't pay attention, you know, stranger things have happened. <laughs> That's why I always respect you. You, you. you are like the king of pivot, right? You get a phone call like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be gone for two months. So I'm excited to see you again because it, it, who knows what it's going to be like. There's definitely going to be no snow on the ground. Sure. Well, maybe maybe there might be. Who knows? Um, Tex, you're going to be still over here. What what is uh, What is your next couple of months looking like? Um, yeah, no, uh, I'm the same way, man. I'm ready to, <laughs> ready to pivot whenever I need to. Um, uh, since I've been here, uh, I've had training clients from, you know, uh, me being in Tampa, um, prior to this, they're like, yo, where you at? Where you been? Like, yo, can you get back down here? Can you help me out? Um, uh, one of my guys, he was just up here coming back from, uh, Bosnia. And then we got another player going to Bosnia, uh, Shamari Pons. Yep. What up, Slick? You got to get on this. <laughs> um, yeah, man, just staying, uh, like I said, open uh, more so than anything. Just trying to keep my energy um, pure, intentions pure. So, um, you know, opportunities continue to gravitate towards me um, and whatever that is. And like I said before, just trying to be as impactful as I possibly can um, as these things, you know, make sense. Um more so than anything, I feel like um, we are a basketball training company, but it, I mean, this podcast is similar, just like a peek into what we are outside of that. Like uh, we're more, you know, about the mental health portion of it, you know, more so than anything. Um, that is the biggest portion for us is just like, you know, trying to be the best possible people that we can, you know, and um and I think that's that's where the opportunities come in and, and, and they start to gravitate towards us. I mean, the basketball is basketball and, you know, we love it and it gives us a, a tool to kind of um, to utilize. But um, more so than anything, this is this is what we hang our hat on. Um, with that being said, I, I do want to read this. Uh, we, we always have this thing. And Andre asked asked me for it the other day. I'm like, why do you need this? And it just it's been something that I've just been reading, honestly. So impact one. All right. Our mission statement. Got you. The mission of our foundation is to bring awareness to communities concerning the importance of mental wellness. Our goal is to equip communities with the necessary tools to flourish. This will be done by encouraging both children and adults to openly express their authentic feelings in health and thoughts and feelings in healthy ways. Our vision. With every event, with every conversation, we want to allow all of those who are afraid, misunderstood, or feel that we are looked at in a different light to know that it's okay to not be okay. We will provide an atmosphere for transparency, creative outlets, and for evolution together by touching one life, we can impact many others. So our purpose our purpose, the individuals of this organization have directly experienced the impact of mental illness through tragedy, and we are passionate about promoting and preventing, uh, promoting preventative solutions to lessen reactive responses. And I think that really embodies um, who we are and who our company is um, more so than anything. 
So Trey's also very proud that he wrote that because he, he had to let me know. He's like, I wrote let, that. He had something to do with it. We, we wrote it together. <laughs> 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 I'm just talking about the... Uh, Which part? Oh, okay. Like, my part is he's coming like, up. He's like, wait. <laughs> yeah, that part right there, that's me right there. <laughs> I put that in there. Yeah, well, listen, when you guys get back together, when when you come back, we, we should probably start like a, like a little mental health podcast or something like that. I would love to produce that. Mm-hmm. With that. This guy's always so busy, though. I don't know. He's... Yeah, he was late. Might have today. to get a third phone. <laughs> a third phone. But hey, listen, I'll, I'll wrap this up. This is going to be episode 300 because, you know, I think that'll have the most impact. And I think that's appropriate for what's going on. You know, I wish you luck in, in Italy. I wish you luck. And if you go to Tampa, because you, you've done seen the super spreader event that they just had this weekend. But, um, you know, man, I'm thankful for both of you guys in my life, man. I know that we're always all busy, but the fact that I don't see you guys often, that means that we all working. So I appreciate your grind. It inspires me. I hope I do the same that I inspire you guys Absolutely. to just keep working, you know, just every day, do something different. Just keep pushing, pushing, get further and further. Um, I thank you for your time. Any final words you guys want to say before you part ways? Um, no, man, we appreciate you just for giving us this platform to um, to utilize it as best we possibly can. I know he don't got a game. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, we just appreciate you and uh, this opportunity to, you know, just put ourselves out there and uh, let people find out more of who we are as people and our company. For me, man, <clears throat> first of all, thank you for having me on, man. Um, I always want to thank God for everything he provides for, for me and opportunities and for me just being a person and being able to touch so many people. But uh, the biggest thing I want people to, to remember as they listen to this podcast and listen to you know, what we're about, you know, um, always, always, always remember it's, it's, it's never too late to change your mentality for the better and to, to create a new life for yourself. You got to give up your old life and the fear of giving up your old life is the comfort zone. If you leave that comfort zone, you never know what doors God to open for you. So that's the biggest people piece. I want people to remember, man, is, is to, to not be afraid to try, not be afraid to be or do. You know, we, we tend to, to shelter ourselves up and hide ourselves, man. But this pandemic gave us an opportunity to look into the mirror and really look at ourselves and see who we truly are and be that. Don't be afraid to be that because at the end of the day, you only got a short time on this earth, man. The only thing that's really promised us is death. So with that being said, live your legacy and leave your legacy the way you want to. Write your own story because if somebody else writes it for you, it will never be the true story. Yep, you know what I mean? So, so, so be that and be an individual, man, and understand that. Love, if you lead with love and you lead with true actuality and humanality and, you know, you have empathy towards others, so many things can happen for you in the way that you want it to happen to you, you know? So that's the biggest piece, man, that I want people to remember. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like I told Texas the other day, man, I'm on a quest to change the way I've been. You know, I've, I've been an amazing person. I'm not saying I've been a bad person, but I tend to get upset quickly. I, I tend to be you know, aggressive quickly. I, I tend to, to go hard for things. It's the New York in <laughs> Sometimes. New, New York in all of us. I get it. Yeah, I mean. That's you why know, you call him Texas because it's like, oh, he, ain't, yeah, he ain't one of us. But, yeah, he, he, he told me one time, he's like, you know, he's the one that's like the rough. I'm like, rough? I, I just think he's from New York. Yeah, nah, Texas, that's how we do. He got, he got issues, man. But, nah, I just want to, I just want to be better, man. That's the biggest piece, man. I want to grow. You know, I'm not afraid to grow. I'm not afraid to try. As you can see, I'm, I'm, I'll go somewhere quickly. I do something quickly. I have confidence in myself with everything, anything I do. But the one thing I have had confidence in is 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 changing for the utmost best. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm on now. That's the quest I'm on now. So 
I've been in, on a quest of just apologizing to people I've hurt in the past, apologizing to people that I probably rubbed the wrong way. And they may not even be holding on to it, but I am. You know what I mean? Because I know that I, I shouldn't have did that. It's cathartic for you, you know what in mean? that moment. So I, I just want to be on that quest, and I, and I challenge the rest of the world to, to be better, man, not only for themselves, but challenge themselves to, to make everyone else around them better, hold yeah. them accountable on being better, and, and smiling, man. There's nothing wrong with smiling. Smiling is beautiful. So that's the biggest piece, man. God bless everybody. And that's it. Yeah, we out of here. Episode 300 for Dre Brown, Texas Two-Step, Impact One. This is Ralph the Ref. Yeah. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace. Peace.